Amen. Mm. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, we're so thankful we can come here and just worship your name. And Lord, we look to you and just uh, are grateful and thankful to you just for our salvation. And Lord, we're thankful that you care and look over us and we, uh, we give you honor and glory. I pray you would just anoint me to speak a word from the Spirit and each heart would be open to receive from the Spirit, Lord, and really speak to us about your presence and your protection and your move in this world. So we give thanks to you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. I want you to turn this morning. We're going to be looking at Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 32. Turn there if you please, or if you... <clears throat> Good verse to make a note of. Isaiah 32, 1 through 2. Isaiah 32, 1 through 2. And it says this. See... A king will reign in righteousness, and rulers will rule with justice. Each one will be like a shelter from the wind and a refuge from the storm, like streams of water in the desert and the shadow of a great rock in a thirsty land. Now, as you look at this, what this is, these verses are an Old Testament prophecy Revealing Christ and his church reigning in this unbelieving world. Now, let me make a note here in Isaiah, and just you keep in the back of your mind, Isaiah was written 800 years before Christ. Okay. But Christ and the church was prophesied beforehand, and here's one of the verses where it is um, clearly prophesied. Now, what we have here is... Uh, in verse 1, the king, referred to in, that will reign in righteousness, the king's looking forward to Jesus Christ, which is previously revealed in Isaiah chapter 11. Now, you should just kind of take note of that. And in your spare time, you should read Isaiah chapter 11. Because what Isaiah chapter 11, it tells you and kind of gives the you know, the assignment and the purposes of the Christ, of the Messiah. So Isaiah chapter 11. So it's already, he's, the king has already been presented. And this statement here, is, a king will reign. Well, the only king that will reign in righteousness is the Christ that was revealed in Isaiah chapter 11. So, so you see where how this flows here and, and we have some context being able to understand what these verses mean. Now, also, what we have here, uh, the each one, the in verse 2, where it says each one, in verse 2, refer to the believers that will reign with Christ. All right? So there you got the king, and you got the each one. So the each one, it's important us to see that, that these are the people who will reign with with Christ. Now, the term, when you look at this, how this is presented, the term each one in verse 2 puts an emphasis on the people rather than exclusively on the king himself or Christ himself. So, so you can see this transition, the king, but now the each one 
there's a focus on the each one, not totally on the king, but on the each one. So he's, they're making a point here. Now, thus the each one is talking about us as believers having an assignment which is necessary to carry out Jesus' message. Now, again, look in the, this is the Old Testament. It presented this Messiah. Now, remember, the Jews missed this. They missed this. Presenting the Messiah, the coming, and the people who believe on that Messiah. And you can see there's a reigning, but there's a reigning of both groups. Christ, the person, and the believers here. And so this each one is really bringing out that point in this, in the coming work of the Messiah. Now, and he sees that the, each one, the believers, have an assignment. They have a purpose here. Now, last week, last week we saw, okay, and we identified the insanity of our current world, okay? We told you, you want to look at the insanity of our current world, you can read last week's message. Go listen to it. Talked about the insanity that's going on in our current world. God said, last week we looked at, God said that, you turn things, the world, you turn things upside down as if the potter were thought to be the clay. So the potter, the clay saying, no, you know what you're doing. And it's, of course, the thing of it is, we're telling God, you know what you're doing. And so when God looked at it, that's how he communicated. He says, you turn things up side down now so as we have this whole picture we're looking that things are turned upside down and again i remind when did god tell us that things were turned upside down 800 years before the birth of christ isaiah was written 800 years before the birth of christ i think i said 800 years ago no 2800 years ago okay so god knew 800 years before the birth of Christ, he turned things upside down. See, the the one thing about the human race, we don't do stuff new. We just work in the same old sin, all right? And so the prophetic, God told us 2,800 years ago, there you go again. You just turn things upside down. Turn things upside down. So we should be (laughs) somewhat encourage that God's not surprised. He wasn't surprised 2,800 years ago, and he is not surprised now. He's like, I can't believe this. Well, God didn't. He knew exactly what was happening. He knew what was happening. Now, again, we're on this. We see there's a king, though, that's going to reign in righteousness, which is Christ, and each one of the believers are going to reign with him and carry out his work in this up. Side down world. See, he's got it all in his hands. No surprise here. And again, we see in Isaiah 32, 29, it isn't a surprise. He says, I'm telling you what has to happen then and now. Okay, so while all this is true, the world's upside down, God says to each one of us that we have an assignment to share truth in this chaos, we're saying, these people are crazy. What is going on? You know, they can't tell a man from a woman. They just, what is going on? God goes, well, yeah, that's where 
Mankind in the world goes without me. And what I've got with a church is to speak the truth. The truth. Each one. Now, I'm going to just back up, and I've said this before. What does the world not want us to do as a church? Speak. Speak. And the thing God wants us to do is speak. Satan doesn't want us to speak. I promise you, and I just, this is me talking, I promise you, if you had a church that didn't speak, Satan wouldn't bother it. Wouldn't bother it. Be quiet. Be what you want to be. I won't bother you. But you speak. I can't have you speaking. And God says we must speak into this chaos. That's our responsibility. Now, so as we, the assignment we have, this means that we come alongside believers and unbelievers, because some believers are just really having a hard time with this, okay? We come alongside believers and unbelievers who are distraught, frightened, hopeless. And when we come alongside them, care, and speak the truth, as we do that, each one of us will be to them a shelter from the wind, a refuge from the storm, and a stream of water in the desert. That's how we become a shelter from the storm and streams of water in the desert. Isn't it a great picture, see, of the world? And it is a great picture of God's solution that we step into that storm and we become a shield for those who are being lied to. We become a drink of water for those who are being lied to. God, what are you doing? He said, well, what I did, I put you here. You here. Now, if you're like me, I'm going, well, that's not a real good plan. What's your plan B? You know what I mean? It's like, I, you know, there's only one thing. There's only plan A. There's only plan A. This is no surprise. It's no different than it was 2,800 years ago. And I know what, and you are my purpose in this chaotic world, in this chaotic world. See, in, later on in Isaiah, it, it, God encourages, he encourages us again, and you can look at Isaiah 44, 8. Isaiah 44, 8. And it says, here we are in this chaotic world, do not tremble, do not be afraid. Did I not proclaim this and foretell it long ago? What are you afraid of? I told you yesterday. <laughs> no. no, I told you 2,800 years ago. And, and so we're not supposed to be afraid. Why? Because God told us 2,800 years ago. See? And so everything was coming to an end. The world was falling apart. And we'll never recover 2,800 years ago. So here we are. It's not, I told you before. This is no surprise. I'm telling you, I am not surprised. See, did I not proclaim this and foretell it long ago? Somebody said, well, how did God know? There's no place that God knows. Well, you can show them 
this verse. <laughs> you can show them, did I not foretell it? There's no surprise. And again, that should help just tremendous amount of security because like last week's message, you know, spent a lot of time, just not that I had to, but it's, everything's falling apart, okay? And just leave there and you say, oh my God. But it doesn't stop there. I got to have a solution. I have a solution. I've got people, they're going to step up and they're going to be a shield from the wind. They're going to be a stream Water in the desert. And that's how I fight the chaos. That's how I fight the chaos. So we should say, you know, like, wow, are we ready to praise Jesus yet? <laughs> now look at the verse. Now I didn't read the whole thing. Do not tremble. Do not be afraid. Did I not proclaim this and foretell it long ago? You are my witnesses. God who? <laughs> he goes, you, <laughs> you are my witnesses. There's another place in Isaiah that says, you are my witnesses that I am God. We're the witnesses. <laughs> we are the solution. Now, we know Jesus is the solution. But as you see in this verse, the king and each one be a shield to the wind. We are the avenue God uses to bring, to speak the truth. To speak the truth. And one reason I like to remind us of this, because so that we understand why people that are on a non-believing, you know, perverted road are absolutely adamant we don't speak. That's why it is demonically moved. Don't speak. Because Satan cannot handle the truth. And the truth defeats everything about Satan. Us being here doesn't affect Satan. Us speaking the truth undercuts Satan. So that's the reason you say, don't speak. You see it on television, don't speak. You can be the best football player in the world, speak of everything except Jesus except Jesus. Poor little old baseball player, I don't know if you saw that. He made a comment, probably was ill-advised. And they said, you can't say that. And what he says, you can't. And he was standing up for Christ. And they said, you can't say it. We've got all sorts of people coming to these games. You can't say that. Don't speak. See, there's nothing unusual about that. We just know to understand. And we shouldn't be afraid. We shouldn't be afraid because we our witnesses, and God told us long ago. He told us a long time ago. See, so, so there we have the whole, whole vision of what's happening around us and our position, you know, and he says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I told you a long time ago, you are my witnesses. I have to lead a rebellion or go organize. No, just speak. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Just speak. Just speak. Now, okay, so we see this, and this each one, and this is the reason when we talk about, we have this thing in Isaiah, and talks about the Messiah, which the Jewish people fully knew, totally knew who the Messiah was coming. They just didn't know it was going to be Jesus, and they didn't like the way he 
fulfilled certain things. They didn't think he pulled this thing off, you know, so they rejected him. But they understood the Messiah, and he's coming. Also, what you say that he came as ruler, but he also came when he said he reigns with each one. We can't bypass the each one because the way this thing is written, it highlights the each one. And the king doesn't stand without the each one in the reign he is to carry out. We are meant to be a part of that. We are meant to be a part of that. So as witnesses, each one of us are, to, are asked to cooperate with Christ, to step up, sharing the truth and hope, providing stability in this insanity. God, it's provide some stability in this insanity. He goes, I have. I have. I put you there, and you know. You know. I mean, this is what it's saying. That's what this each one is saying. This each one. See, as believers, we truly are a shield against the storm and a cool drink of water in the desert. Now, God could pick any metaphor he wanted to to use, but this is the metaphor he chose to use. And, just, and to me, and I just kind of capsulize it here, but you just think of what God is saying. It's like your shield against the storm. Like everybody's just going crazy, and you step in front, and your shield against the storm, the lie that comes, you know, the craziness that comes. And it says you just feel like you're dying. He says, no. You are not only here. You're the you are the cool drink of water. We are a cool drink of water to those who are. And by the way, everybody's not buying into all this nonsense, but you have a strong group of people that's covering and attacking everyone, you know. And so that, but that's true. But he has us, his church, to provide that cool drink of water. I'm not crazy. No, this is not what God intended. See, we become a cool drink of water, and we become a shield against the storm. See, that's what God said. That each one walks with Christ to carry out his reign. And so it it even gives us more insight when Jesus was talking about believers and explaining what is going to happen this even gives more pertinence to what he said in John chapter 7, 38. John 7, 38. And he says this, Whoever believes in me, as the Scripture has said, see, as the Scripture has said, always remember that Jesus quoted Scripture, stood on Scripture, quoted Scripture, and he says, Whoever believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart, will flow rivers of living water. Whoever has accepted me, as the scripture has said, out of his mouth will come truth. Out of his mouth will come living water. And people will drink from it. Now some of us people are, you know, you don't want to drink from some of people's fountains. <laughs> but we should be people that people want a drink and when they see that, they'll desire a drink from that fountain because it's bringing the revelation of God, His truth. He's bringing understanding 
to people, providing a shield to the lie, giving the drink the truth from the streams. And these streams flow from within the believer's heart to each one. See, he, Jesus could have used here the each one who believes in me. Very easily. The each one who believes in me out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So here you see this whole picture unfolding that is kind of working out just like God said it was going to work out. Knew it was coming. Have to put my people there. And living water will flow out of their mouths. Therefore, Satan's number one tool against this is don't talk. Don't speak. See? He wins. He can't do anything, but he wins if he can have us keep quiet. And there's kind of more at this as a little subplot. I think we hinder God's work. We stop God's blessing. We hinder God's power when we don't speak. God says, I'm ready to release it. I'm ready to release my power. Just say something. <laughs> Just speak. Satan knows that if we speak, God's power is released. Well, why can't Jesus do it just himself? Because we reign together with Christ, the king, the king, and each one reigns. We're connected. We're connected. He is king, and there's an element of releasing the power of God when we speak, when we speak. So, People are confused and hurting, and as believers, our heart goes out to these distraught, frightened, and hopeless people because they are confused. They are being overwhelmed with this. They don't have a background to understand this. People in the church are overwhelmed by this. It looks like everything's falling apart because maybe they haven't studied, maybe they haven't been well taught or whatever. So there's a lot of confusion there, and God says, that's the reason it's so important for you to reign with Christ in his kingdom and be a shield from that wind. Be a stream of water in that desert. You are my, you are my solution. And, so, and this is the way the apostle Paul went about things. And he went about it like a caring mother. You all believe me? I know you believe me, but I'll pray in the end verse. Look at 1 Thessalonians. Look at 1 Thessalonians 2.7. Paul is going out to an unbelieving world that has no concept of Christianity and believing that Thessalonica didn't have much concept of the Jewish faith either. And the apostle Paul goes into them, and he is the one that stood, he is the one that brought the message. And he says this, 1 Thessalonians 2, 7. We were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. <laughs> that is how the Apostle Paul moved into the mighty Roman Empire. We come alongside and give comfort. We are available like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. you got to be available 
nursing mother has to be available to take care of her nursing children. Being gentle and available, this is so powerful, being gentle and available will communicate God's love more than anything else we could ever do. Just be available. Be available to those confused, distraught, to be available. Each one of us knows enough. I promise you, each one of us knows enough. We know, I'm just going to say this as a general rule of thumb, each one of us knows more about Jesus than anybody we'll talk to. We do. I'm just telling you, we do. Well, I don't believe that. That's their issue, not our issue. We know. We know everything we need to know. I promise you when you have that conversation, someone's an unbeliever, you sit down with them, you know more than they know. All right? They don't believe? Well, that's a different issue. But if they want to talk about Jesus, you have plenty to share if they're open. If they're open. And when I say no, I mean know the things of the Lord and what Christ has done, not what somebody else has made up. Okay? So, just we need to understand that and gives us confidence that that's how we, be, we can be that shield or that drink of water to someone else. We just have confidence in there. And, but we make ourselves available and we care and we're gentle with these people. Now, so we know enough, but we need to care enough to be available. Now, I'm going to promise. See, I just say I try to be transparent with you guys. You know, sometimes somebody comes it's like, okay, here's somebody that's going to come and share. And he says, I don't feel like talking to them. I'm just telling you, and I just don't. Oh, my gosh. You know, sometimes when somebody tells me their problems, I think, you think you've got problems. Listen, let me tell you what my problems are. You know, and God's going, you know, you're a lousy shield. And you sure you're not a good drink of water. I mean, and it's like, oh. And then the avenue for seeing the power of God work, we all want to see the power of God work. Amen? I mean, yeah. We want to see the power of work. Well, an avenue to seeing the power of God work is being available. See? I'm available to Linda, you know. And I said, she goes, I want to see you work. <laughs> it's like, see, no, it's other thing. We have to available, make ourselves available to the people around us that God brings, okay? So you have to be available to be a shield. You have to be available to be a drink of water. So God's calling us to care and be available, to care enough to be available because we know enough. We know enough. Now, so we take this and, and when we understand that when we care and are available, the Holy Spirit will give us divine opportunities and words to touch the hurting and confused. With all my heart, Right here, and I believe the scripture is there. When we care and are available, 
the Holy Spirit will give us opportunities. But we have to be available. We have to speak. And you know what God is going to call you to, when God is going to call you to be avail available? At the most inopportune time in your schedule. And I don't have time. <laughs> you know, it's like God goes, really? Why are you here to talk to them or get your laundry done? Well, personally, I think to get my laundry done, then I can reschedule them and talk to them. Have you ever done that? Have you ever done things like that? To me, I do that like that, and they never want to talk to me after that. I missed the point. I missed the time. I missed it. See, that's a well, wait. I missed the time. See, so what you do, you have to make one available. You have to make yourself available. And something else I found out, when you make yourself available, God will give you more time. I promise you that will happen. I don't have time. But you make yourself available, and God will give you time. He will expand your day and give you time to do what you need to do. Amen? Well, how do I know what to do? Know what your assignment is. Your assignment is to be a shield against the wind and a drink of water in the desert. That's your job. That's your assignment. Not to do the laundry. Some of you are going, praise Jesus. No. So it's not to, the laundry needs done, but it needs in order. It needs in order. And God says, I'll give you time. You know, I've shared this with you before, and people say, I just, and, and I encourage you strongly, and you know, I believe that everyone should read the Word before they go any place. Before they get out of their house, as soon as they get up, I'll bet they need to read the Word. Okay? And he says, you know, I don't have time. I promise you, if you read the Word, God will give you time. You read the Word, and God speaks to you, and you step out, and things are falling in order, and you move through your life quickly, efficiently. Or you don't read the Word because you don't have enough time, and you step out, and you hit obstacle, and obstacle, and obstacle, and never get done, and nothing falls the way it's supposed to do. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. God, that is understanding how God is moving in a situation. That is how to understand why he says to reign with Christ, you need to be a shield against the storm. You need to be a drink of water in the de desert. It's all, it's all tied in here, and you see this. So, God, we, we make ourselves available in the most inopportune times. And, okay, I can, this is me talking, not Jesus talking, but I just promise you, God will ask you to do it at the most inopportune time in your day. That person is going to come and make themselves available at the most inopportune time. So that should be a key like, well, that must be the Lord. <laughs> Because I have no way I have enough time doing this. <laughs> no way. Okay, Jesus, if you say so. See, that's, that's what happens. I don't know why it happens, but that's what happens. That's what happens. But your whole picture of here, now you go back, to, you need to go back, and you know, this is a good memory verse. It's Isaiah 32, 1 through 2. The king reigns in righteousness, and each one 
be shield against a storm, a drink of water in the desert. It's all part of the rain. It's part of the rain. It's part of cooperating with Jesus in the rain, in his rain on earth, in this crazy upside-down world. Which is also, again, what telling us, don't do it. Don't be available. Do the other things I have to do. And whatever you do, don't say anything. Don't mention Jesus' name. Don't mention Jesus' name. Now, so God will open their heart. So here you have that Paul came in and treated the people at Thessalonica like a gentle and like a nursing mother caring for his children. That's what he did. And because he did that, God gave him opportunities to share his word. 1 Thessalonians 2.13. 1 Thessalonians 2.13. And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of man, but is what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. He opened the door. God opened. He was gentle, like a nursing mother, came for his children. God opened the door. He shared the word. And now the word took hold. Now the word took hold. What did Paul do? Gentle, like another sea mother came from. That's what he did. That's what he did. I will be like the Apostle Paul. Okay, be gentle and caring like a nursing mother with her children. Well, I like something a little more glorious than that. See, God, no, that's, that's what you do. This is what you do. See, of course the gospel message is at the forefront, but also the Holy Spirit will give us gentle caring words to help people to recognize their worth, overcome their fear, and have hope. See, when we do that, we open the door for them, opens the door for God to work through us, to speak, and this whole dynamic starts. Remember, the dynamic started us being gentle and available. Oh, we have our jobs is too tough. I mean, it's hard. I'm asking to be gentle and available. That's what I'm asking you to do. And if you'll be gentle and available, your streams are flowing water, and I'll open up those streams through you to flow out where others can drink. Be gentle and available. That's what, I mean, that's what this section is saying. And then you can be a shield that you can be a stream, all right? All right, so, and, uh, and, and then there's so many verses that we can share about God's love to prepare people's hearts to know that they're important, you know, that lead up to the gospel. Like this one, this is a great one. Just share across the board. You can share, we can share this one across the board, but God will bring messages like this as you're talking to those that are distraught, confused, hurting. You know, look at Luke 12, 6 through 7. And Jesus said this. I mean, he said it. He means it. He means it. 
Luke 6, Luke 12, 6 through 7, and says this. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than sparrows. God cares for the sparrow. There's a beautiful song by that. God cares for the sparrow. And you go, yeah, well, you're worth infinitely more than the sparrow. People, I know you're, God loves, cares for the sparrow. Your hairs, your hair are numbered. But you're worth infinitely more than a sparrow. I mean, who wouldn't want to hear that? Who wouldn't, you know, this is what God, this is the God we are talking about. See, what a powerful company, truth. Each one of us should confidently share that God who cares for the sparrow cares infinitely more for us individually. God who cares for the sparrow desires to remove the burden of shame, guilt, and failure that suffocates us. He is the God who will guide and provide for us. He is the God who cares for us, died for us, and forgiven all our sins. As each one of us share, we become a shield from the storm and a drink of water in the desert. Now, we step back because you see God's method and move in the world and also tells us how to share and how to interact with other people and to open the door for God to be able to move in and when I say God be able to move in he can do anything he wants to but he has chosen for us to move in such a way and operate in such a way to give him an avenue to flow through and the avenue in this section we're talking about to be a shield and a stream of water in the desert, the avenue he is talking about, saying, be gentle, be available like a nursing mother. And I will come into this. I will give you, I don't have anything to say. Be gentle and available, and then he'll give you something to say. I want something to say before I'm gentle. I mean, I need a reason to be gentle. <laughs> I need a reason to be. He's, no, that's not how it works. You be gentle. You be available. Then I will give you a word. And also, I will open the door in the other person's heart to receive the word. You be gentle and available. And again, how available? Like a nursing mother. Ladies, you can talk to your spouse about that. All right? That's really, really available. Okay? So, so that's the whole point here. And then you have, so then you have Jesus, the whole thing of the heart of Jesus speaking here. And look at Matthew eleven twenty-eight. I think it was one of our songs this morning. But, so you have Jesus saying this, and we can, God can use us to say those words to other people. But this is what Jesus is telling us, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. I will give you rest. But you're going, I can't give anybody rest. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't, what, well, no. You <laughs> care, you be available, then I will move and speak to you 
what you need to speak and open up the heart that they can receive. You've got to be gentle and available. because, And we can say, I want you from the Jesus Christ above. I want to see you have rest. If you want to see them have rest, be gentle and available. I want to see you have rest. And I can see this because Jesus wants you to have a rest. Satan's, God's truth, God's truth destroys Satan's lie. Each one of us are an avenue to share that Jesus alone is the answer. Now, see, this is all through Scripture, and you see it over and over. Jesus alone is the answer. Now, I'm going to repeat. What does the Bible say? Jesus alone. Amen? Amen? What does the world tell us not to say? Jesus. I mean, it doesn't, people, it doesn't take a rocket science scientist to figure out what's going on. Of all things, and I'm not picking on anybody. I'm not picking on. But I was watching whole newcast, and these people were talking about. They're talking about Muhammad. Okay, that's fine. You can talk about, but you can't talk about Jesus. You can't say his name because Jesus alone is the answer, and Satan knows it's alone the answer. And that is the one word you can't say. But why? Because Satan knows it's the word that undercuts everything about him. It is absolute truth. It is Jesus alone. And when we have Jesus alone, <laughs> God cares for you more than he does the sparrow. And we're a shield against the storm. And it says, and Jesus is the manifestation of God. Jesus is the one who cares for you more than a storm. Because it makes a difference who we're talking about. Amen? Then this makes sense. So we know what's going on. And God told us, 2,800 years ago. He said, he said, and don't be afraid, you are my witnesses. You are my witnesses. Now, so as we look at this, Jesus, and when you talk about this, Jesus is all about relationship and the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're not talking, we don't bring them into rules, regulations, or yet go any place. Jesus is all about relationship, and there's the power of the Holy Spirit that works through people. So that's shared. That's good news. That's good news. As a shield against the storm, a drink of water in the desert. Once the word is received, and this is important, this is what we have as Christians. This is the, this is the powerful thing that we have as Christians. Say we share with anybody, and we get them, and they're on fire, and they come to church Sunday morning. We succeeded. No, them coming to church Sunday morning had nothing to do with anything we're doing. And we don't even want to put that as a place where they may confuse that with what God's actually doing. Of course, we love everybody come here, you know. But what we do, once we share that, once they hear the truth that Jesus alone and accepts that, what happens is it becomes an active power in the person's life, which brings about change of behavior. Jesus brings about change of behavior. I love Jesus, and I do X, Y, Z, and 
Well, no. If you love Jesus, you won't do X, Y, and Z. Because the Jesus within you works from within you and it changes your behavior to behave just like Wallace. Linda made a face when I said that. She actually made a face at me when I said that. No, what happened? Well, who is it? Changes your behavior to act like who? I'm going to sit here and you tell me. Jesus. Amen? How, how do you change? You introduce them through the Scriptures. You introduce them. They receive Christ. And Christ changes their behavior to act like Jesus. And I'll just... Jesus doesn't steal. <laughs> okay? So if we accept Jesus, He changes our behavior. We quit stealing. Okay, and I'm not going to go through all the other social issues and everything else that are happening right now. Because anybody accepts Jesus, they behave like Jesus, not like a perverted lifestyle. They change because they received Jesus. And the world says, don't mention Jesus. See, don't mention Jesus. Now, so what we have here, I just <laughs> to summarize this, we have a great ministry. It really is a great ministry, and it's really clear. I mean, we've got a lot of flexibility. You know, we can kind of flow with things as they come up, and I've already, you know, gave you a heads up. It's going to be at the most inconvenient time you have, all right? So we just be ready, all right, as you come in, and, you know, if I come in and my shirt and pants was all wrinkled. My hair is messed up. You know, I had a really inconvenient time that I had to speak to someone. And also, God allowed Linda to let me out of the house. But, but you see what I'm saying? You, you go, what is our assignment? To be a shield against a storm and a drink of water in the desert, meaning there is a storm and there is a desert. Is a desert. Okay, here I just I put this on the overhead. Cooperating with Jesus, we are cooperating with Jesus in the rain. We are, look at this, a shelter from the wind, a refuge from the storm, streams of water in the desert, a shadow of a great rock in a thirsty land. This is how God chose to communicate that to us. He chose to communicate that so we could visualize and picture the ministry we have and we can take this and make application to anyone we talk to. We just need to be gentle and available and just make any application and God will give us the words because we made ourselves available. Why? Because in John 7.38 he said if you believe on me as the scripture said, have said, streams of living water will flow from you. Just make yourself available and they'll flow. I promise you. And, and how many of you, and this is a rhetorical question, I've experienced it so many times. I've even experienced it here, you know, in preaching. You bring yourself available and somebody makes questions. I don't know. And then they start asking you questions and this. You get in this conversation. And all of a sudden, things come to mind. Just scripture, insights, 
Scripture inside. People ask you questions. Well, you know, it seems like this is what the Lord says. This is what the verse says. And you walk away and pray, well, thank you. They walk away and you go, wow, that was, I thought of those verses in years. And I can't believe, I don't remember memorizing them. I can't believe how they just flowed out of my mouth. I remembered the whole thing. I go, golly, that's amazing. I wonder how I managed to do that. See, it's because the Holy Spirit is in me and the Holy Spirit has Scripture memorized and He speaks through me. And since the Holy Spirit cares more about this person than I do, He speaks more truth to me and gives me insight, you know. And then all of a sudden, God makes touches the person because of the divine appointment and mess me up where I can't get my laundry done. You see what I'm saying? That, and just try it. Think about it. Anytime somebody's asked you a question about the Lord and you start talking and just something's come out of your mind. So you kind of walk. I've walked away and said, you know, that wasn't bad. <laughs> you know, but then I get to thinking about, well, that really was kind of beyond me. You know, it was beyond me. See, why? Because I made myself available and the Holy Spirit spoke through me and I spoke the words out as he brought things to mind. Now, when he brings things to mind, it sounds like your own mind. See? And you think it is your own mind, but it's not. It's the Holy Spirit bringing things to mind. And again, one of the ways, and just what we're talking about this morning, one of the ways you get there is make yourself available. I mean, you make yourself about a ripcord flow of the Holy Spirit all over somebody. Amen? So here we are. We caringly hold the hurting, fearful, and hopeless by the hand and say, don't be afraid, you're worth more than many sparrows. God loves you. Don't need to be discouraged or overwhelmed. We care God acts. And you need to care enough to be available. I don't have time. It's not a truth. Because you do it, God will give you. I ask, I try this one. I mean, put God first in the morning, read your scripture or something. I just, I mean, say you've got the worst day ever coming up. Try this. Take time out, read the word. And step out and watch the things in your day go away. See? He gives you time. When you put him for, he gives you time. Did you know there's no time with God? He created time. He's infinite. He said, well, I'm going to create time so I can watch these folks. <laughs> He's infinite. He not, there's no time with God. And so we need more. He'll give you time. Try it. Make yourself available at the most inconvenient time and try it. Do what God says, however it may work out. God will give you time. I mean, the neighbor may come over and do your laundry. Who knows? Who knows? I'm telling you, stuff like that happens. Because we are, we are a shelter from the wind, a refuge from the storm, streams of water in the desert, a shadow of a great rock in a thirsty land. 
He said, if you would just do that, my God, I'd give you somebody to come over permanently and do all your laundry every week if you do this. I'm being a little facetious, but that could happen. Because what is our, God is telling us our purpose here. Purpose here is to reign with God and bring truth into the chaos. We care, God acts. Just like I said, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world, He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have all the time in the world <laughs> eternal life. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank You for Your goodness. We thank You for Your love. And Lord, as we look at this, what You're telling us, how You're moving in this world, and, and Lord, it really is nothing to be laughed at or you know, take lightly, that You see evil, just pure evil, happening all around us. And Lord, You are saying You've put Your church here. You put your church here to be a shield against the storm, to be a drink of water in the desert, to be gentle and caring for those around us, to offer up to know people that they are important, they have purpose, and that you will move in their life for them to be everything you intended them to be. And that truly, as we trust in Jesus and step forward, he will transform everything around us. And as we share that, we become a shield in the storm for others. As we share that, we become a stream of water in the desert and people can be refreshed. Lord, we pray right now, I pray with everyone here, pray for myself, Lord, that to be sensitive to the people you bring across our path, to be sensitive, to be able to gentle caring by a nursing mother and being able to share your truth. But most of all, you'll give us the words to say. You just give us the wisdom to be, to care and be available. In the name of the Lord Jesus, amen.